I believe these types of experiences that connect you to a different type of spiritual dimension, these are not woo-woo or crazy. They're really powerful and innately feminine. When you're tuned in to this part of you, which I believe everybody has, then you can't be controlled. Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. All right, here we are. Here we are. So Lauren and I were just chatting about how this is three years in the making. Literally since we met, we were like, let's do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And every time we have deep conversations, which we do a lot, we're like, man, that should have been recorded. Because we like to talk about subjects that are nuanced, that are complicated, that are deep and real. And they're hard to share in little bits of social media or emails. And it's way easier to have a heart to heart with a sister about these really complex topics. And we have these conversations because we are living in a culture in the Western world that has been valuing masculine qualities over feminine qualities for thousands of years. And we can see this in so many ways from the macro level systems and structures all the way down to things we feel within our own bodies, our feelings, our thoughts, our belief systems. And so this podcast is about unlearning all of that. We will bring on guides and experts that will help lead the way because they truly embody the mission of the time of the feminine. So this episode is really about bringing you in, about having a circle where we can have these conversations, where we can go deeper, where we can express what the mission of Global Sisterhood truly is, what the mission of this podcast truly is, and and bring you deeper into the vision that we see. Mm. Because we do believe that we carry this vision that is actually a shared vision, and you can be awakened to the vision. And so through this conversation, our hope is that you find that spark within yourself, that remembering, that hope, that love, that sisterhood we can all share in. Hmm. And also to peel back the curtain a little bit and share who we are, the things we struggle with, the journey we've been on the very real aspects of being a woman who's doing inner work and who's learning to shed a lot of social conditioning and find out who we really are. And so we want to be with you on this journey and share a little bit about, you know, what that process is like for us. Yeah, like what you spoke about is the work of leading an organization such as the one that we do requires us to do the work. And we can talk more about this, Lauren, but The reason we do this work is because it's our medicine. It's what we need. Mm -hmm. The sisterhood medicine, the finding alignment within ourselves medicine. There's so much potency Mm -hmm. to the medicine. (laughs) It's strong. It is strong. Yeah. It's a spiritual path. And it's a spiritual path because it's listening 
deep to what feels true. And even if something goes against the status quo, or in our case, goes against what traditional business owners would do, we choose to trust in the inner voice inside of ourselves and follow something, follow that sound, follow that guidance, and devote ourselves to learning how to hear with clarity the voice of our intuition and the voice of our truth more and more and learn to speak it, be it, and live in it. Because we have a hypothesis that we can create a new paradigm, a new reality. And that's not some woo-woo, like flighty type of concept. It's real and deep and powerful. And I think women specifically are responsible for doing this work and shaping culture. I think we did this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And then with the rise of the patriarchy, we forgot that we had power because our power was shamed and it was dangerous for us to be all that we were. And so here we are thousands of years later as women healing and remembering. And we do this together in circle and we're going to do this together in this podcast. Right. And for those of you that haven't heard our definition of patriarchy, we define patriarchy at the Global Sisterhood and at the time of the Feminine Podcast as the system that made masculine qualities superior to feminine qualities. So it's less about this idea of men dominating everything and being the sole decision makers and all these other concepts, but really just the basic concept of masculine qualities within each person, not just in men but in men and women being superior to feminine qualities. And one of the reasons this is, is because the rise of this idea that we just had a patriarchal God, we just had a father God and the mother God had been forgotten and lost. So I just wanted to add that in because this is a nuanced concept. And often I find that people have a hard time defining it. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to put that out there. Yeah, it's important. This is one of the things that is an ever so slight shift in thinking that's really palpable and really important when we are blaming men. And yeah, of course, men have had power. Men have had all of these advantages in the system that we're currently living in, but they've also had disadvantages. And those disadvantages aren't exactly measurable within our current system, but spiritually, emotionally, of the heart, they are palpable. And so to blame men for everything is giving away our power to change the system and to rise as healers and birthers of a new world. And so that is what we do here at Global Sisterhood is we practice all of that. We practice stripping away all of the the judgments, the pains, the traumas, and remembering that we have power and we do it together in sisterhood. And Shana and I live the sisterhood thing deeply. We go through a lot together to really reflect to one another the wounds that need healing and the gifts that we have. Yeah. And the sisterhood thing, it's not like Lauren and I came together as, you know, perfect sisters. Far from it, actually. I think one of the reasons that women are naturally drawn to global sisterhood is because there is a sisterhood wound somewhere in them. And for Lauren and I, this is definitely true. And we both have different journeys and experiences, but the path of healing the wound of sisterhood and the path of us being able to come together and to stand, Lauren and I talk about this, to stand in the gauntlet with one another and not to leave. Like we have desire sometimes to flee. 
We sometimes can say nasty things. <laughs> we can do all sorts of stuff, but there's a there's a desire to stay. Mm-hmm. And Lauren and I practice this together and it's extremely powerful, very healing and not for the faint of heart. Got to add that. No, it's not for the faint of heart. Like Lauren always makes a joke that she's preparing me for my future partner. I am her future man. Well, it's true. It's true in a way because it's the depth and the ability to stay present and open in those harder moments. Because it's so scary. It's scary and it's hard and it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that's interesting about having a sister and doing this work together, and this is why sisterhood is so important, is that we're mirrors for one another. And Shana and I are mirrors for one another. And we both have the wound that many women have. Deep down, whether conscious or not, I'm not good enough. I don't believe in myself. And we both manifested that wound differently. So I'll share my part and she'll share her part. So I was born, not going to take too much time to talk about my early childhood, but I was born into a family where one parent was unstable. One parent was um, put through a really, really hard time growing up and therefore turned to drugs and alcohol. And so for any of you out there that know what that's like, it's very difficult to grow up in a home like that. And there was abuse and there was name calling and there was good intentions, but really disastrous outcomes. And so I didn't develop a sense of security as a very young girl. And then I went to school, the public school system, and I had all this trauma that I was dealing with. And the school didn't know how to identify that, obviously. And so I struggled with school. I was disassociated from my body. I struggled with school. I couldn't spell, still can't spell. And I struggled with my worth and thinking I was smart. But I always had this feeling that I was wise. I always felt like an old soul and I felt deeply connected spiritually. I felt really deeply connected to Christianity until about 12 years old when I started really kind of feeling some hypocrisy in my church. And that's when I I left to search for something that felt more real for me. I was seeking to find myself represented in, in God and I was seeking the feminine aspect of God. And so I studied Wicca for a little bit when I was younger. And while I was studying Wicca and while I was communicating with the trees and while I was talking to the plants, I was also having spiritual experiences that I couldn't share with anybody because people would call it crazy. I was having experiences communicating with what felt like spirits. I was having really powerful, potent dreams. And I kept all of this stuff inside and I wrote poetry and I craved deeper connections with people. But in the environment I grew up in and the school I went to, deep connections just didn't happen. It was just really surface level. And so I started bringing women into circles, not knowing what I was doing, gathering my friends around. And I may have in high school given some type of psychedelic substance, just saying I was a kid that was rebellious. And I may have put everybody in circles and tried to connect. And I was trying to connect because I wanted to relate with my peers. I wanted to feel seen. I wanted somebody to tell me that the deep feelings I had inside, the emotions I had inside were okay. And so I began to explore with creating spaces for that. So that's how it began for me to to circle, which developed as I went on. 
And as I went on, even while I was spiritual seeking and growing spiritually, I was still living out the trauma. I was still dating really dangerous men. I was living out a very self-destructive pattern. And I finally came to a place where I had what I call a spiritual intervention, a divine intervention. It felt like a God moment, like a true, I I feel kind of nervous sharing this story, to be honest, but I had this moment where I had an intervention, like a come to Jesus moment, some would call it, where I had God enter my life and I had a spiritual awakening. And my spiritual awakening wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so enlightened. Everything's better. It was like, holy shit, I'm in pain. I've been in pain and I've been acting out of pain, but there's there's a different way for me. I can work on myself. I can devote myself to spiritual practice. I can connect with this beautiful gift of the divine mother who I've just encountered and she can help me. And so I went on this path for seven years of what I call the nun phase, where I was just devoting my life to healing myself, truly getting to know my spirit, healing a lot of ancestral trauma, a lot of karma with that. And finding in that process of healing myself that I had gifts. I had some natural gifts that I came into this life with and I started remembering them. I began to help women and young teenage girls through really big healing challenges. I found that in times of really potent dark moments for people, I had light to bring. And that led me to studying different healing modalities. It it led me to becoming a coach and becoming trauma certified. I went through a lot of training as well. And that led me to what I do now, which is really creating transformational experiences through the modality of women's circles and through different rituals. And all the while during this phase of study, I was really developing myself spiritually and I was connecting with women for the first time that were true sisters that were willing to take off their masks and be like, oh my God, I have that, I have that shadow too. I have that pain too. Oh my God, I feel so much shame. You feel shame too? Okay, okay, all right, all right. What are we going to do about it? And so it felt like for once I was being met and that was so powerful for me that it gave me the confidence to go out and talk to women, lead groups of people. And so this is how I felt like I was being guided. I was being guided to humble myself, be as authentic as possible, still working on that, and sharing my truth and seeing if I can help some women remember their power and their gifts too. And so far, it's been going really well. And how Global Sisterhood began was I was leading a workshop with women and there was men there too, but the workshop was outside and the men were inside. And I gathered women in a circle and I raised my hand and I said, hi, my name is Lauren Walsh and I have competed with you. I have been jealous of you. I have judged you, but mostly I've judged myself and I'm sorry. And then I invited all of the women to take a pledge, an oath with me, a vow of sisterhood, to really change the paradigm of mistrust that is so prevalent amongst women. And this was the very beginning of how Global Sisterhood began. And then fast forward to March 8th of 2016, which is International Women's Day. We created this 
campaign for women to gather in circles all over the world. And we had 650 women's circles gather in over 65 countries. And that's what began the movement of Global Sisterhood. And I'll pass it to Shana from here. Thank you, Lauren, for sharing. For those of you listening, Lauren's story is actually so miraculous and beautiful. And every time I hear it, it touches me in a different way. So it really speaks to the true power of transformation and being able to use your wounds to create medicine that then can serve those who carry the same wound. And that's truly the magic of, of being a human being, is being able to create alchemy. Mm. And so honoring you for that. Mm, thank you. That was more nerve-wracking than I anticipated. <laughs> I understand. I feel nervous, too, because it's like, how do you take your life and encapsulate it in these few moments and what, what feels important to share? So I'll do my best um, in sharing how I got up to that point where I met you. So as a young girl, I, I came into a family that was very loving and sweet, and they really uplifted me and told me I was amazing and beautiful and strong and I was that. I was that. Like I was like this young girl that would go up to anyone and say hi and would sing in front of every person who would listen. And I was deeply soulful. Like every song that I sang was, you know, by Diana Ross or the Supremes or Avida or Titanic. It was always these really deep, soulful songs. And so I came into this world with a lot of depth, a lot of soul. And this like real connection to beauty and nature. And as I got older, my parents got divorced. I was seven or eight. And I remember just like feeling this connection to nature and my singing and all these things that made me feel at home, like that sense of home really just like left me. And I'm still I still am anchoring what home feels like in my body. So the contraction started there. Like I distinctly remember just deciding that I was never going to sing again. And I was going to stop expressing in the same ways. And I just distinctly remember how everything just became more difficult. There was more friction in, in my life. Perfectionism is something I developed to try to like hold things together within myself. Like everything had to be perfect, like down to the last like tiny little drawing that I made. It was like, I had so much control. I would cry about the car being dirty. It was just like I, I couldn't control anything. And so I tried to control everything. And as I got older, I decided that, you know, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be friends with people that, I don't know, made me feel like bigger somehow. Like it was a sense of belonging. And in that desire, there was obviously unhealthy aspects of it. And in my relationships that were developed since then, there was unhealthy dynamics in those relationships because my desire was unhealthy at the root. And so I developed these friendships that were deep and real and also full of super destructive patterns. And what was beautiful about these female relationships that I had was that we pushed each other. There was definitely like competition, but healthy competition helped us do really well in school and excel and, you know, do all these things that is helpful. But then there were like the nasty patterns of competition, especially when it came to men 
or destructive behaviors of trying to drag each other down through gossip and slandering. And, you know, I, I just remember like the feelings of jealousy and comparison and all these things we can ultimately feel as women. But for the most part, I was just, you know, a natural leader. I was sharing this with Lauren yesterday. It's like, I have this thing where I'm able to see problems. Like it's clear to me what's wrong, like how you can fix something. It's both a gift and a and something that I I work on. But yeah, like I would just look around and be like, wow, how come no one really cares about the environment? You know, I do. So I'm going to start this club It's called the Global Green Partnership. <laughs> Everything's always global with me. And I'm going to work to get people to care. I'm going to work to inspire people about why they should care. And so I always just had this desire, like if it wasn't there, I was going to do it. I was going to lead it. And like, I wanted to bring people in, like, let's all care together. Let's all do this together. This is about all of us. I always had that desire to bring people together to care about things. Like, I just, I still to this day, I'm like, oh, how are you so disconnected that you don't care? And one of the things I'm learning is it's through education, through getting people to really see and feel within their own beings. And so that led me to college. I, you know, I was a a performer in the sense that if there was a goal, I would reach it. I was like constantly just trying to like live up to this perfectionism idea. I was definitely using my masculine qualities to like achieve. And that's what I taught what success was like. And so I was just, you know, on that path. I was climbing the ladder. I was doing the thing. I was going to do whatever I could to be what society wanted me to be, which was this probably masculine ideal. And then I got to college and I didn't get into the sorority that I wanted. And I can't explain how heartbreaking this was for me. Like it was really the first time in my life where I was rejected and rejected by women specifically and feeling like I didn't belong. And like that pain is like created entire different trajectory in my life, entirely different. Like I don't know if I would be working at an organization called Global Sisterhood if I didn't deeply experience that pain of not belonging. And, you know, it caused this super traumatic cycle in my life of manifesting these dark things because of this feeling that I wasn't good enough. Like I I just wasn't good enough for any of the things that I thought I was good enough for. Like, you know, what I had believed about myself before actually became the exact opposite. And I started to have so many negative thoughts and patterns about myself. And I didn't have the sisterhood I needed at the time. It was like really difficult. And I felt that people didn't like me. And so I was manifesting people not liking me too. I was acting in ways that was creating that. And it's been a long healing road for me. And, you know, I feel so blessed now to have experienced these challenges, to experience the rejection and the pain. And another thing that I had been coincidentally dealing with is health issues. And I I really believe that the health issues were like, uh, stop climbing the ladder, start paying attention to your body. You are incredibly wise. You have so much information inside of your body. Just please stop and listen. Please stop and listen. I'm going to manifest it as pain and discomfort and like feel it. Please feel it. And so I tried doing that for a little while, but then I was also like, well, I need to keep making money. I need to keep climbing this ladder, da, da, da. I ended up working in finance and then I moved to venture capital and in this world, in this like big world that people want to, you know, strive to get to. People go to the best schools in the world to get to these positions of power. And here I was in this position of power somehow um, in this system. And I looked around 
And at the time, it was right during Me Too. And I'd be at conferences and like the men sitting next to me were getting called out for doing terrible things on Twitter, you know, with other women. And they were like supposed to be the keynote speaker. And I had just started meditating because I was extremely stressed out and like feeling like I just wasn't even going to make it constantly feeling like I wasn't good enough. And only 2% of the entire venture capital world of all the funding that's going to all the companies, only 2%, this is like 2016, 2% was going to women. Two. And in the office that I worked in, I would see women present and I would see men present, you know, and their companies and their ideas and things. And one of the things that I noticed is that women didn't feel worthy to be there. And it was such a subtle thing that I noticed. But the reason I noticed it is because I noticed it in myself, like the imposter syndrome, the exalting the masculine qualities over the feminine qualities, the way that their presentations would come off was like this lack of worth. Like the men would come in there like, I'm worthy. You invest in my company. If you don't invest in my company, I'm going down the street. And so my real question was like, why? How? Like, why is this a thing? And I was like, well, actually, it makes a lot of sense. Men have had many examples of what success looks like, of what people in certain leadership positions looks like, you know, in every single category that you could possibly think of, men have an idea of how to get there. They have examples. And as a woman, I was like, who are my examples? All the women in this industry have been acting like men to climb up this ladder, to do this thing. They've sacrificed so much. Many of them don't have families in the same way as the men are able to do. And I was looking around and I'm like, wow, there's like no one I want to be like here. Like, how do we start creating leaders that feel worthy, female leaders that feel worthy and that are able to be both in their masculine and feminine gifts and that are able to step onto the path that is, you know, unwalked? How do you get people there? And one of the things that I realized is that it starts so deep down. It starts so, so, so deep down. You have to decondition the trauma like of me not getting the sorority or whatever the thing is, all those feelings, the lack of self-worth, the doubt, the judgment, all of that has to crumble. All of that needs to be looked at. It all needs to be stripped away so you can remember your worth, which is inherent. It is never taken from you, but it's hard for us to remember it sometimes because we are covered in these scars, these scabs, potentially these open wounds that are our trauma. And so we have to look at ourselves and we have to we have to strip it all down. So anyways, I came to this realization and I'm talking about how it's important for me to get back into my feminine that I want to stop listening to anything that men do basically. Stop listening to podcasts, books, stop having mentors that are male because I want to turn to the feminine and see who my peers and my teachers and my elders are. Like I just had never directed my energy that way. And through the miraculous capacity of the universe, I met this man in my office and my boss was actually running late for a meeting with him. And he's like, hey, Shana, can you go talk to this guy? Can you go talk to this man and kill time? And so I did. And we ended up having like this beautiful connection about the environment and all this kind of stuff. And we ended up being in this uh, friendship. He lived in London and I was living in San Francisco. And, you know, also... Around the same time, he had gone to Austin, Texas, had met Lauren. And so he was like this connection between the two of us. And as Lauren was sharing what was happening with Global Sisterhood, and as I was sharing about my experience wanting to come back into my feminine and really honor that part of myself, he saw this opportunity for 
connection for us to help one another. And Lauren was going through this period with Global Sisterhood where she really needed support. And I was going through this period where I just like desperately was seeking sisterhood and the feminine. And so almost three years ago, I think literally it must be like three years ago today or tomorrow or the next day. Wow. I flew to Austin and we met one another. And yeah, I'll pass it to you, Lauren, to fill that part in. (laughs) And this really wonderful man who's the one that connected us was really certain that I should hire her. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know her. And then we had this weekend to get to know each other. And I remember we decided we were going to go get our feet massaged. And it was during this foot rub that I was like, you know, I don't know why I can't explain it. I have no rationale, but I want her to work with me. I want her to come in and be by my side for reasons I don't understand for spiritual reasons, for reasons that would not be advisable in terms of income, Shayna felt the pull and the call to come give up her, you know, really, really big career to come work on Global Sisterhood with me. Yeah, it's it's true that there was literally like no logical, rational reason I was leaving, like at all. It was so much heart. It was so much pull to like, this is what's next for me. Mm-hmm. And it was the medicine like, oh, my goodness, if I could go back three years ago today and tell myself what I was going to go through, like, I don't know if I would do it. <laughs> I'd right. be like, uh, it, no. Right. No, In these cases, ignorance is bliss because who wants to willingly walk into a fire to have your ego completely burned to reveal who you truly are? You know, right. Like right. no one willingly wants to do that. And then let me share my gratitude because like a week after connecting with Lauren and getting this invitation, I had the birth of my divine feminine. Like I just had this wave of energy come through me where I really understood who I was and what I'm here to do and understanded my connection to the great mother and that my service is with her and that I I had disconnected from her within myself and that manifested through not singing and through disconnecting with nature and my sisters and through my mission here mm-hmm. which is in part to remember her to remember the beauty and the the medicine mm-hmm. of the mother that's deeply needed on our planet right now exactly and we don't often share this but sometimes we do we believe that we are stewards of a mission to help women gather in circles all over the world and to help women heal. But we know that we are not in charge of this mission and that this mission doesn't belong to Shana or myself. But really, we are in service to the Great Mother, to the feminine aspect of God. And we believe that she is awakening in so many women around the world. And if you're listening to this podcast, she's either awakened in you or you are in the process of encountering her because we know and feel with all of our being that she is stewarding a great rebirth on our planet. And there's going to be shaking, as we know. There's going to be a lot of healing of the trauma. And when we don't know how to heal, we get kind of crazy. We get divisive. We, you can just see it in humanity with all everything that's going on right now. And we believe that women coming together here within global sisterhood and really all over we're supporting each other and healing so that we can lead we can lead humanity through a shedding of all this trauma and to remember her 
and to remember Mother Nature and to remember that we are nature and that we belong to one another and that we don't need to fight. And so this podcast is a lot about that too. It's about interviewing all sorts of really amazing teachers, women who have been pioneers of understanding this so that we can all learn how to go through this time of trial, go through this transformation with grace and faith and come out the other side as leaders. I I want to add there that Lauren and I's true nature is like students. We are students of everything we feel inspired about. And so we're constantly in this learning and evolving process. And what this podcast really is, is an understanding of what happened. How did the feminine become oppressed? Why was it oppressed? And what can we do now, understanding this information to rise and to come together and to heal? And, you know, I feel like there's humility in being a student because Lauren and I don't know the answers. We're constantly in this process of learning and evolving and really deeply anchoring this idea that we both have, we share that we share this within our own beings, that we are a human family. And the trauma that manifests between each of us is really just examples of trauma that is from this idea of this family that we have pain with. There's been so much pain and the collective conscious of humanity, the wars and the and the divisiveness and the the othering. Mm-hmm. And it stems from the division within ourselves. And we believe that's the division of God. God is not only masculine, it's both feminine and masculine. It's all spirit. It's nature. It's all-encompassing. Like our teacher, Anne Baring, you'll, you'll hear from her. She's our wise 89-year-old prayer answered in a beautiful human form. And she really talks about this disconnection that we have is because of our disconnection to the mother. And she's an Oxford historian, so she backs it up with facts about what happened. And yeah. And so we want to bring you these people, these women, these incredible healers and men who can who can bring you this information so you can discern for yourself what feels true. And I think this is one of the most important things in my work, Lauren's work and the work we kind of we put out to the global sisterhood community is to really feel into what's true, to allow ourselves to know our inner nature well enough that we can have discernment, clarity and vision come through that is aligned and clear. Mm-hmm. And also for me personally, I know many of us can relate to this. As I was saying in my early childhood, I had these experiences and Shana has said she's had these experiences that shouldn't exist. Like based on the you know scientific materialism of the day, these experiences are, are not real. They're not valid whether that's like a deep connection with mother nature, a spiritual experience, a a prophetic dream. And they've been labeled as woo-woo or crazy. And I believe these types of experiences that connect you to a different type of spiritual dimension, I feel like these are not woo-woo or crazy. I feel like they're innately feminine, actually. They're really powerful and innately feminine. And when you're tuned into this part of you, which I believe everybody has, your intuition, your empathy, and your emotional intelligence and learning how to wield that, understand it, to understand what it's saying, understand how you're being guided, then you can't be controlled. You can't be told that you're too much or too little because you know your truth. 
as Shane is saying. And so also I want to just have a lot of our conversations be about how we can understand these parts of ourselves and learn to trust in them because the narrative of, oh, it's not real creates doubt and it's unnecessary doubt. Let's get rid of it. Let's shift that. I think that as we come together and see and listen and hear the truth of one another, Lauren can share an experience with me that I can't quite comprehend for myself. But I have to remember that I live in a completely different universe than Lauren. And her ability to articulate something that doesn't have the words, because if you want to get clear about mystical experiences, we in the English language, we don't have the words for these things. We are literally lacking the language to explain the mystical and the, the miraculous. And so for her to explain her experience to me, first is difficult. It's difficult for her to articulate. But then to me, me to be able to receive it in my own universe with my own frames of reference based on the words she's using, my practice has been just trusting someone else's truth. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I know what your truth is? I can hear you and I can have compassion and I can have whatever arises for me. Like, that that's my experience in my universe. And so, like, th- I think think through this practice of really honoring the stories and the visions that people have, it helps us develop compassion in general. Like, I don't know what goes on in someone else's experience. All I know is what I can receive from them through what they share mm-hmm. and through my own experiences. But I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. It's hard to define, but we want so badly to define. And that's Ugh. my point is like how we can live in uncertainty and feel confident and powerful and guided in our own truth when there can be no certainty. We cannot all have the same connotation to every word. We don't all have the same frames of reference. And in fact, no one ever is going to. And this is the reason why there's so much division in politics. There's so much division in religion. There's so much division in the world about really, you know, charged issues is because we don't have the same frame of reference. Right. But if we want to be a human family... How do we move beyond that? Yeah. How do we learn to like really listen with our whole beings, mm-hmm. not just to the words, but to the entire picture? And w- as you were saying that it made me think of the womb, like the darkness of the womb that is the feminine, the uncertainty, the not knowing, but having faith mm-hmm. in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Not being afraid of the darkness, too. Because if you think about it, every dark experience, when digested later in life, has really great teachings, really powerful instructions or, or blessings that come with it. And it's always important to remember that. And I think we polarize light and dark so much and we strive to only be happy. We strive to only think positive thoughts when really there's something really mysterious and potent and powerful about merging the darkness and the light and learning how to like walk fully embodied in recognizing that we all have shadows We all have gifts. And this is exactly what I think a woman's circle is for, is to really listen to each other and recognize we might not see the world the same, but at the core, we're the same. We belong together. The power of women coming together, like I can speak specifically about my transformation in my relationship since I joined Global Sisterhood, has been tremendous because because I realized how important it was and how being seen and heard and valued helps me 
live my mission. And when competition and comparison and all those things come up, I have a support system that can help reflect back to me in a way that's compassionate and loving and encouraging. Because the truth is, is that we all have wounds. And to be loved with your wounds, to be seen in the pain, in the judgment, in all of the stuff that comes up is transformational. And I can say that Global Sisterhood has radically transformed my relationship with my own blood sister, the women in my life, and also with my mother. I have so much respect and love and just, yeah, for my mother. And I, I didn't have that before. And so there's like, there's a power of really walking the path of sisterhood and realizing the importance of that and how much it can shift your life. And so with that, we invite you into our circle, sister. We invite you to walk with us, learn with us, remember that you are enough with us and to join us as we figure out, to join us as we figure out how to navigate these changing times, feeling really good about ourselves and about what we're capable of and do it holding hands. Yes. Because it is true that we need new vision, we need hope, we need inspiration, we need leaders, we need you being in your full power and potential and capacity. We need each woman. Like I just imagine the world and all of these women stepping into their full power and having the confidence to take the path that they are given on this planet and how much transformation could happen. You know, and this this mission for you, this mission for each person does not have to be action oriented. It can be the being. It can be the essence, the compassion, the love, the nurturing, the motherhood, the essence of yourself coming forth. It doesn't have to be this idea that you need to like fit into this position and do this specific thing. It's more about the essence that we can create when we step back into our wholeness. Mm. So Shana, since we ask all of our guests to channel the mother and speak a message, I think it'd be fun for you to do it and for me to do it to close. Mm. I am the earth. I am the stars. I am your heart. I am your human family. I am your reflection. I'm always with you, guiding you, nourishing you, providing for you, protecting you, opening you, surrendering you. So you can be here truly in your full essence, connected, heaven and earth. I love you. I honor you. And I thank you. (sighs) Dearest daughter, be not afraid. Put a smile on your face, for you are not alone. You belong to a beautiful uprising, a movement that's guiding you forth to express your fullest potential. You are loved, so loved. If you knew how loved you were, you would laugh. Just simply laugh for all the times that you forgot. Sister, you have a mission. You are being called. Trust, surrender, and flow. And so it is. And so it is. Welcome to the time of the feminine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
So I hope that this pulling back the curtain reveals interesting things about Lauren and I and why we're called here to this mission and how this mission also includes you. And yeah, we're excited to bring more episodes to share more and please share with us like who you want to hear from, what you want to know, how we can support you. Topics, all those kinds of things. Feel free to write us. Feel free to share with us. This podcast is for you, baby. Until next time. Until next time, sending love. Bye.